Hello, and welcome to episode four of the For the Love of Data podcast. I'm your host, Robert Furr, and thanks for joining me. I'm going to twist things up a little bit in this month's episode and pay homage to The Memory Palace, another podcast that I listen to. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. They do uh, a little historical blurb each episode about some often obscure part of history. And while not obscure, I wanted to take a look at the history of Hadoop and see how it came to be and give you guys maybe a more full-scale impression of how it's risen to popularity than what you may hear from just news reports or white papers about how people use it. So let me set the stage for you. It's 2003. Chicago just won the Oscar for Best Picture, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City is the top-selling video game. Apple iPods still have scroll wheels, and iTunes just started selling music for the very first time. From a tech standpoint, Windows XP is all the rage as the latest Windows OS, and folks with a lot of money in their pockets to burn are buying PCs with a roaring Pentium 4 3 GHz processor, a whopping 512 megabytes of RAM, or maybe up to 2 gigs max if you're a baller, and an 80 gig hard drive. Oracle just released version 10G of their database, and Microsoft proponents are still using SQL Server 2000. Internet Explorer 6 dominates the browser wars with about 85% of market share, and two-thirds of the U.S. still connect to the internet with a modem. All of these stats came from various Google searches, CNET desktop reviews, and some other links that I'll include in the show notes. In the years leading up to Hadoop's inception, Doug Cutting, the first node in the Hadoop cluster, had been working on Lucene, a full-text search library that was part of the Apache Foundation. And then he began work on indexing web pages with University of Washington graduate student Mike Caffarella. The project was named Apache Nutch, and it was a subproject of Lucene. They made good progress getting Nutch to work on a single machine, but they reached the processing limits of that one machine fairly quickly and began manually clustering four machines together. The duo started to spend the majority of their time figuring out a way to scale the infrastructure layer for better indexing. Fast forward to October 2003. Google released their Google file system paper. The paper did not describe exactly what Google did to implement their solution, but it was an excellent blueprint for what Cutting and Caffarella wanted to do. They spent most of the next year, 2004, working on their implementation and labeled it the Nutch Distribution File System, NDFS. In this implementation, they made a key decision to replicate each chunk of data on multiple nodes, typically three, for redundancy. So after solving their infrastructure redundancy problem, the duo set their sights on improving the computational side and taking advantage of the stable fabric of nodes. Google again provided a spark of inspiration with their MapReduce research paper. This approach provided parallelization, distribution, and fault tolerance. All three of these work in conjunction to work through tasks quickly, regardless of hardware failures that might occur along the way. In 2006, Cutting went to work for Yahoo, and the storage and compute components of Lucene separated into a sub-project called Hadoop. The name originated from a toy elephant, a yellow elephant that belonged to Cutting's son. 
In April of that year, Hadoop 0.1 was released, and it sorted almost 2 terabytes of data in 48 hours. By April of 2007, Yahoo was running two Hadoop clusters of 1,000 machines, and other companies like Facebook and LinkedIn started to use the tool. By 2008, Google had hit critical mass along several fronts. Yahoo transitioned the search index that drove their website over to Hadoop and contributed PIG to the Apache Software Foundation. Facebook also contributed Hive, bringing SQL atop Hadoop for the first time in a major framework. The product also spawned commercial legs when Cloudera was founded. Cutting joined their ranks the following year. In 2011, Hortonworks spun off from Yahoo. In the following year, Yahoo's Hadoop cluster reached over 42,000 nodes. Also in 2012, Hadoop contributors began to replace MapReduce with Yarn, yet another resource negotiator, an offshoot of MapReduce's resource management and scheduling components. Late in the year, Apache Hadoop 1.0 became generally available. In 2013, Yahoo began using Yarn in production and Hadoop 2.2 debuted. Now fast forward to today and several vast ecosystems exist around Hadoop among different prepackaged solutions. The most popular of these are Cloudera, Hortonworks, and MapR. I'll include a snapshot of a couple of the major ones, Hadoop, uh, excuse me, Hortonworks and Cloudera, where you can see their packaged components in the show notes. But basically, they've taken a, uh, a collection of frameworks for everything from data lifecycle and governance, data workflow, data access, security, operations, bundled them all in one distribution that's pre-configured and easy to install for anyone that wants to just get their feet wet with Hadoop or for people that want to start using it in a more robust capacity but still want the ability to install it almost like a prepackaged uh, vendor software product. So the next time you submit a query through Spark or a MapReduce job, think about the history and how far it's come from those early days in 2003 and how much it's grown and how many people contributed to its success and its growth along the way. If you'd like to join the discussion and share your experience with Hadoop, you can post a note on the, uh, the show notes of this episode. You can tweet at me at loveofdata on Twitter. And if you'd like to join me on a podcast and noodle on some data topics and how much you love data, please get in touch. Until the next episode, be safe. We'll see you soon.